0: Hey guys, really quickly, Ravi here. If you're enjoying this podcast, but you wanna see some more of the screen shares and in-depth graphics that we've created for it specifically, click the link in the show notes where you can get access to all of that and more in our YouTube channel. These are the 11 best questions to ask a financial advisor this year. Let me first give context of how important this video is. A really strong financial advisor can save you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, and in some people's cases, literally millions of dollars a year when it comes to money in taxes that you don't have to pay, as well as money in investments that are growing and compounding on each other. And on the flip side, a poor financial advisor in the sense that they don't actually know what they're doing can literally cost you the same amount of money instead of making you it. And on top of it, they can also get you in some really hot water. Are you a fiduciary? This is a term and a concept that I didn't understand until really it was too late. And a fiduciary essentially means in layman's terms that they have your best interest in mind. And what I have realized is a lot of financial planners are not fiduciaries simply because they can make more Money by not being a fiduciary than they can by being a fiduciary. When if they're not a fiduciary, the larger they make your whole life policy, the larger likely their kickback is for the insurance policy. They're either referring or helping you underwrite. So you may only need a one million to two million dollar whole life policy, but they're telling you that you need an eight million dollar whole life policy because they're going to make much more money from it. Who have you worked with previously or ask them simply for some referrals. If you are a six-figure business owner and you're talking to a financial planner that only works with five-figure business owners, there's going to be a big difference. Or if you're at a different level, like potentially where we're at where I'm an eight-figure business owner. Well, I used to use a six-figure financial advisor, the person who only worked with six-figure business owners. And I'm not saying that one person is better than the other, but I am saying that there are different strategies that you'll deploy when you're taking home a hundred thousand dollars a year versus when you're taking home $10,000,000, per year and going back to what I said in the very beginning the difference in these two people could be literally hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in money saved on your behalf by choosing the correct financial advisor or planner and also you'll be able to ask the referrals some of these additional questions I'm gonna get to in a moment here to let you know if they enjoyed working with that financial planner and what their experience had been like what side of the line do you fall on the line is essentially the IRS right and there's ways that you can play around the line Line, and there's the gray area and then there's crossing the line with the IRS and depending on your risk tolerance you may decide to stay as far away from the line as possible maybe you're in the gray area and then maybe for some of you you want to go on the most dangerous side and cross line with the IRS mm. I am not advocating that but I am saying that you should understand your risk tolerance when it comes to your financial advisor or financial planner what level of communication will you guys be having is it on a daily basis a weekly basis monthly quarterly at the very end of the year when you have taxes. Then another great question is how do we communicate? Is it over text, is it over email? Do you have my phone number? Are we inside of a Slack channel? What is expecting our level of communication, because even if it's a lower level communication, let's say once a month or once every quarter, I'd rather know that beforehand than have no idea what the level of communication is and don't know if I'm communicating more or less than I should be to get the most results. What sort of additional training are you doing a year to stay current on tax strategies? This is something that I realized because when I started speaking to more and more financial advisors and planners, I realized that most of them will get a certification or get to the point that they're at currently, and then they'll do no additional training or certification for 10, 15, even 20 years. And I hate to lump everybody together in one because I'm sure there's plenty of people that do training every single year. But this is why this is a question you should ask them because there are tax strategies that literally change yearly every three years, every four years. And there are some big ones that are ending at the end of this year that aren't going to be in play by the end of next year, which means that if you wanted to take advantage of them, it makes a lot of sense to do it right now. Speaking of the IRS, the sixth Question you should ask your financial advisor is do you protect me in case of an audit? Sometimes this is going to be a CPA. Sometimes this might be a financial advisor. If they're all rolled in one, that might be the case as well. But you have to realize that these people that are telling you your tax strategies, your financial advisors, they should maybe have some skin in the game as well, because it's very easy for someone to tell you, oh, yeah, just go over here and do this strategy. But then if you were to get audited and they go, oh, well, you know, you're on your own, that doesn't really end well for you. And they don't have a lot of risk in that uh, relationship versus if you speak to CPAs or financial advisors who say that they will defend you in case there is um, an audit and some of them actually start putting away every single year a certain amount of money, like 1 million, 2 million, $5 million a year to fight the IRS if and when you get audited, it'll give you a little bit more peace of mind. The strategies that you're deploying that they're suggesting to you are on the side of the IRS that is gonna get you not audited or at the very least is gonna help you protect you in case you do get audited. Have any of your previous clients been audited and why were they audited? Going back to kind of the referral question, this gets you a better understanding as far as what side of that line they play on and what happens when the worst thing that could happen happens, right? Were they there for them? Was it because of strategy that they deployed? Was it because the client was doing something on their own that was totally different? Were they in a high risk industry? And the other nice thing is that you might actually want a financial advisor or a financial planner that has been through an audit before because now they know what to expect, right? You don't want to go with somebody who has never been one before, because although to you that may seem like, oh, they must do everything by the book, in reality, they may just not have enough clients or maybe they're playing too far on that side over there, or maybe the clients that they have aren't making enough money, it makes sense to be audited by the IRS. So all these things play in a factor. And I personally would rather have somebody who has been through that process a few times. So that way, in case it ever does come, they can also help coach you through that. What is your investment thesis, right? Are they people that like more riskier investments? Do they like more short-term gain investments? Do they like more long-term gain investments? Do they like a diversified portfolio? Is it only in one or two baskets? What are those baskets? All these are important questions that you ask because like I said, previously, you want to make sure that they match a lot of what your current thoughts or strategies are on the market and what you'd like to invest in, how many team members they have on their team. When I was first getting started in this, I used to think that having less team members making them more boutique was a better thing. And now, even inside of our business scaling with systems, I understand that that's actually not the best thing. So smaller companies will sell you oh, we're not these huge large corporations and you'll, this is my favorite line, you'll deal with me directly, right? That's what people love to say. But what you don't realize is that if this person has 50 clients and they all say you'll deal with me directly and they're the CEO of the business, well, guess what? They deal with you directly, 50 other clients directly, and then they deal with marketing, sales, their own financial planning, their own tech problems and software, their back end hiring, they're doing everything. And so one of the people I hired recently was a lawyer and he was telling me, oh, I'm a boutique firm. We're not some of the larger ones. You'll deal with me directly. And sure enough, it would take months to get a response from him and weeks to get turnaround times on things that he told me would take days. And I don't think it would necessarily his fault. It was my fault for thinking that the boutique thing was a good idea. So me personally, I'd rather spend a little bit more money for someone that has a more established business, has team members below them that can do a lot of the work for them. And maybe I'm just communicating directly with one or two people. What additional services do you provide inside of your company? And it's not necessarily that they provide these, but maybe that they have access to partners to as well, because if they don't provide it, you want them to know individual people that they have worked with in the past that might make it easier for you. So, for example, maybe in your experience, a financial planner or advisor might be the first or maybe second hire you make on the financial side inside your business. Well, it would be nice if the financial planner or advisor knew a lawyer that you could work with to help with asset protection. They knew a bookkeeper that you could use to help with keeping your books in order. They know a CPA that they can use because then if they've already worked with them in the past, they know uh, the rates they do. They might give you a discount on the rates. They can all communicate together without you having to communicate with them. And it works out really, really well to create this kind of environment of people that are all working for your financial future. Is this more done for you? or done with you, meaning that are you doing everything for the client or are you doing things with the client? And the reason this is an important question to ask is because I have had financial advisors that I have paid 60 to $100,000 a year that do what I like to term mental masturbation. And this is where you pretty much get on a call and everybody gets all excited and talks about all these strategies and all these investment theses and all these ways are going to help you save money, except for nobody actually starts deploying those things. And a lot of times they are using terms and strategies that you may have no idea how to do yourself and so then they expected you to go out and do this and you expected them to go out to do it and neither one of you is technically wrong what should have happened the very beginning is you should have identified who's doing the work here so when I hired my new company the family office we work with now I first thing I asked them was like this is the reason why I left the old one who does the work here right and they told me that we do the majority of the work we just need your input on a few things and they've held true to that so now I can say hey Can you look into this strategy or can we do this thing? Can you talk to these people about hard money lending? And they'll get on the calls with me. They'll negotiate contracts and fees, and they'll even help me transfer money over if I need to do that. And that has been more expensive than the previous person I was using before. But like I said before, the most valuable thing is my time. And so I have a little bit time back now to do other things that make me more money than I would have, quote unquote, made or saved if I was trying to do this stuff myself.